Welcome back to the Sipping with Sin podcast, a podcast about stuff and things pertaining to gaming, content creation, horror, comics, music, pop culture, and more. Grab your favorite beverage and take a sip with us. Taste that. Tastes like victory on yet another Wednesday episode of Sipping with Sam. Welcome back for another week of fun and games and stuff and things and, you know, important stuff. We have important stuff to talk about. We have a platform and we're going to use it to talk about, okay, maybe it's not super important stuff, but it's important stuff to us, so damn it, you're going to listen. But welcome back for another episode. We're happy to have you here. And let's go ahead and welcome our one and only, our esteemed colleague. Get your air horns ready. Plug your ear holes. Here comes Christian. Christian. What's up, y'all? It's so good to be on another episode. I haven't been fired yet, so I'm going to keep going. I should roll my tongue every time I say your name. Christian. Would that get annoying? That would be dope. You should totally do that. Just every time. Just to, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Uh, But, welcome back, sir. Another episode. I don't even know what episode we're on at this point. It's We're after 25. We've already done 25 episodes. Can you believe that? It seems like we just started yesterday. Yeah. It actually is kind of flying by. It's kind of just become like second nature and like part of my life just recording at this point. Um, <laughs> but as we like to do with every episode, let's start off with what you've been watching, listening to, playing, or reading this uh, past week. And uh, I guess we'll let you start it off, sir. Let the dreadlock do his All thing right. first. All right, all right. Um, it's been uh, a light week as far as watching things, reading things goes for me. Um, I watched Final Destination 3 the other day, uh, just like to, to, to throw on and, and unwind while I was eating uh, dinner that was so graciously prepared by my partner. And uh, we watched it, and she had never seen it. So I was like, hey, let's watch this. It's on HBO Max. Let's, let's you know watch it while HBO Max still exists. And Why you got to do that to make really me sad? Fun. I mean, you know, it's the truth, though, unfortunately. Why you got to so, do that, so <laughs> It's like pouring salt moon. That's one of my favorite apps. I actually love HBO Max. It, it's, HBO Max uh, actually is, is, is my favorite streaming app. Like, I love – like, ne- everybody likes Netflix because it's, you know, Old Faithful, right? And I really started to enjoy Amazon Prime more because I realized that it exists and I can just use it. And there's stuff on there, man. They have some good shit. So I really like Amazon Prime. But HBO Max is, like, the first streaming service – that I remember, you know, buying for myself and using just all the time. I really enjoy it. And I also really liked, um, before HBO Max, um, there was one called DC Universe or, or something like that. And it was just, you know, all DC all the time. Uh, that was short-lived. Uh, and now I have HBO Max. And I just love it, man. But but with that said, uh, we watched Final Destination 3. And that's the one that takes place uh, when they go... Uh, to this, um, some kind of carnival or whatever, and uh, theme park, I guess. You don't know what the theme park is. I don't think they really explain that. But they get on the roller coaster, and that's the accident that everybody dies on, right? So everybody dies on this roller coaster. It's a premonition. The girl freaks out. A bunch of people get off the roller coaster because of you know fate or, or what have you. And, uh, and, and shenanigans ensue, and we see crazy deaths. And there was a death. There, there, there was a death that, that my partner looked at, and she was just like, what the actual fuck just happened? And 
there was a couple of deaths like that, mind you, like crazy deaths in this movie. But the one that there, there, I'm sorry, there was two. There's two deaths that really got her. The first one was the 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 character that you can't wait to fucking die, like the the pervy character. Uh, I forget his name, but he, he speaks to himself in like the third person and shit about himself in the third person, and he fucking dies while at like the makeshift McDonald's, like whatever their version of McDonald's or Burger King, you know, insert fast food place, burger shop. They go to that and they're in line and, and there's a, a truck that is, <laughs> there's a truck that's like coming to, to run everybody over. The driver's not in and it rolled off by itself. And the, the two main characters barely escape the car and then it hits their car. And then the fan blade from the, the truck or I'm sorry, from the car shoots out and like cuts open the the fucking head, the skull of the guy that we all hate, and he dies. And she was just like, "Are you kidding me? What?" And and I'm telling you, dude, watching this with her made me love the movie even more because it was so funny. And then the second kill that really got her was she was so fucking pissed. I'm telling you, dude, we're there. It's the part with like the the goth kids, right? Uh, I forget the the characters' names. I mean, honestly, nobody gives a shit like i forget the character's name so we're watching this and then all this shit's happening and i'm death is making things move around and you know insert joke here insert jerk there uh joke there and <laughs> one character like slips on something that happened 10 minutes prior in this movie and then she gets like killed because a uh, a nail gun just fucking nails her no pun intended in the head like six or seven times and she dies and she was she just started laughing but she was also like very concerned and kind of scared too and that reaction from her like sealed the deal for me that shit was amazing and uh that that's what i've been watching i mean i watched some other things that we'll get into but um that was the bulk of what i watched this week and then i also was reading uh this week i've been reading a lot of comics this weekend, and um, there's a brand new Predator comic that that came out this week, uh, and it's I forget what it's called right now. I actually read it this morning. I forgot the name of it. I apologize, but I read it, and it's about this woman who is a predator hunter, and you see a little bit of her backstory in this comic. And a predator kind of shows up and and takes her family out and she leaves her, you know, left for dead. She picks up a weapon and then kind of like puts it down, and the predator walks off. But which is plot armor because he he should have just totally killed her when she picked the weapon up. But whatever. So this Yaucha like leaves, walks off, and then she spends the rest of her life like hunting predators, trying to find the one that killed her family. And I mean, as a premise, it's 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 pretty short to the point, and that's all you need in a predator story, right? You need a, a badass Yaucha, you need a badass human to fight the Yaucha, and that's it. So that's what we got, and I really enjoy it. Um, I can't wait for issue two. And then the other comic that I read was uh, Deceased um, un- Undead Gods or some shit like that. I can't remember. It's a monthly comic. And if you guys are fans of zombies or DC or both and you've been reading or haven't been reading Deceased, like get all of those comics. Check them out. They're good as hell. I really love them. I'm waiting for an omnibus to come out with the collected versions of all of them. But it's sick. And I kind of don't even want to ruin the story for you. I think I'll just wait till next week to ruin that story. But the conclusion to this giant epic story that Tom Taylor has been writing deceased started this week and uh, you can get it digitally, which is what I did. And uh, I, I love it. Uh, the first issue was really good. It really opens up 
uh, a lot for you to for you to see. And if you guys are familiar with Tom Taylor, he's the guy who wrote all of the good parts of Injustice. So absolutely, dude. Like th- this guy is. You give this guy some characters, let him do his own thing, make an Elseworlds story. He's gonna give you gold every time. He hasn't missed yet to me, and I, I love it. So if you haven't checked out DCs, do yourself a favor and, and check it out. Nice. So a light week, but still kind of busy. Dude, I haven't watched the Final Destination movies in forever. They're all on HBO Max, so do yourself a favor and have a good time. Okay. Man, it's been a long time since I watched them. Which one? Is it two that had the logging truck? I'm trying to remember. That is number two, yeah. I'm trying to like remember them together. Yeah, one's the plane, right? One's the plane, two's the logging truck on the interstate, three's the roller coaster. And then after you get past three, I just start forgetting because they're all the same to me. I know one of them was like a like a racetrack, like a NASCAR type situation where everybody oh, yeah. died. Like a wheel or something hits them or a wreck. Yeah, some wreck it fucks everybody up and most people die. And yeah, I, I, I can't remember all of those, to be honest with you. But like some, they just start getting ridiculous after a while. OK. All right. Well, interesting week uh, for me. I finished up Miles Morales, Amazing Spider-Man, or Marvel Spider-Man, excuse me, Miles Morales, uh, today, actually. I finished the story. I'm going to go back and, and get the platinum for it, like a few trophies. Uh, super fun game. Actually, I think it plays smoother than the Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man. I really did like Marvel Spider-Man. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the game as a whole. Um, so much that I platinum that game as well. Uh, but Miles was really good. It was also really refreshing. I would like to know more about Miles, and he actually is a really interesting character to me. So I enjoyed that. Uh, I did want to ask, since you know stuff, is Miles related to the Prowler? Is that true? Yes, the Prowler is his uncle. Okay. Well, I mean, and it, it says that kind of without ruining the story. Like, yeah, in the game. And I was like, interesting. That That's a cool dynamic. Um, and then there, Did you not watch Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't know. I don't know what's true and what's not. Like, you know, like yeah that that portion of that movie is is pulled directly from the comics. Like his his uncle is a villain. His uncle is the Prowler. He's Spider Man. They have to fight a couple times. Like it's crazy relationship. Like yeah, man. He, they they uh, they do some crazy stuff with Miles Morales, and I he's definitely one of my favorite. He's interesting. Characters of all time. Someone but, today but yeah, man, I, threw a, a cool idea out there. Um, more playing. They're like, imagine now that you could have co-op and you could either be Miles or Peter for Spider-Man 2. I was like, that would actually be really dope to have co-op and be able to both of you swing around. That would be pretty sick. I would be into it. Yeah. Um, but no, that really good game, really fun game. It's been out a while now. Uh, I think it came out, what, right after the, the newer consoles? Um... And yeah, right? Didn't it come out right after the next gen? Yeah. Um, I I don't want to lie to you. I want to say yes, but I feel like I might be wrong on that. But I think it did. I think, I think it, did. it did too. But uh, it was fun. So played that, finished that today. Uh, finished the story. Not a super long game. It's more like a little longer DLC than a, a full its own game. But that's cool though. Um, and then I watched some movies. The Misses had some stuff going on. Um and her and baby sin went off um i guess twice to do different things or whatever and i got a little break so i watched a couple movies uh and i wanted to talk about them the first one being american underdog which is the 
Inspirational true story of Kurt Warner, who overcomes years of challenges and setbacks to become a two-time NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion, and Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, it is played by Shazam himself, Zachary Levi, uh, and Suki. Uh, she is his wife, and Anna Paquin, isn't that how you say her name, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, also, Dennis Quaid is in it, and uh, it's it's a feel. Do what? She's in Trick or Treat. She is in Trick or Treat. I always, but when I see her, I don't think a rogue. I don't think any of that. I think a Sookie, and then I have to do the Bill voice. Sookie, Sookie. That's hilarious. Which we actually, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay, uh, but it's a feel good story. It's one of the. It's you know an inspirational story about him. He pretty much was um, at a small college. Wasn't even the starter. Got his chance. Shined. Tried to go in the draft. Didn't get drafted. Got a chance to play. They like picked him up unsigned and cut him like two days into camp. And then he, um, she pretty much told him just to you know keep chasing his dream. She was a mother of two, and uh, one of them was actually the little boy was legally blind, um, and. He stocked shelves at a grocery store and then played arena football and then got a call up to the NFL and um, fate had it. The starting quarterback got hurt and he took over and then took the team to the Super Bowl and won, was the MVP and won the Super Bowl. Actually against my Titans. Um, but it's, it's a definitely a feel-good story. One of those feel-good like sports movie stories. It was, it was pretty good. Like I enjoyed watching it. Uh, so that's one thing I watched. Uh, and then I actually had a uh, listener request. I almost said viewer request. A listener request uh, from the one and only WQ. So WQ, if you're listening, thank you for the request. Me and the missus actually watched your movie. Um, but we watched Jerry and Marge Go Large, which stars Brian Crankston. And it is a based on a true story about uh, this older couple that discovered a mathematical loophole in the Massachusetts lottery. And they won millions of dollars that they reinvested back into their small town. And so pretty much what they would do is like they found like a loophole instead of going for the big money. In this one, it had like a trickle down. If you didn't hit the big money, like once it hit a certain amount, it'll roll down. And they figured out that and they would get people in town after they won and kind of prove that they could do it and make like money, like double their money each time. People in town would invest in them, like give them money and they would put it in the lottery and then they would bring back, and then they got a bunch of stuff done in town. And I think it said at the end they won like $27 million or something like that total before they phased out that certain point of the lottery or that certain um, lottery game. So it was a cool little movie. It was, you know, nice little wholesome movie. Uh, we watched that, though, so thank you for the shout-out. And, again, if you want us to watch something, hit us up. I'm, I'm always down to check out new movies and stuff like that. Me and the missus love watching movies. I know Christian does, too. Uh, him and his partner, I'm Absolutely. sure, would watch stuff. So hit us up. Um so thank you for that suggestion. It was a uh, we enjoyed it, but then the last movie I watched was Prey, which is getting great reviews actually. And I will go into this saying I'm not necessarily the biggest Predator fan. I have watched Predator movies, I've watched Alien movies. I'm not necessarily the biggest Predator fan, although I do want Christian to dress up as Predator for Halloween, but he won't listen to me ever. He would be like the perfect <laughs> Predator. Um, and this movie was pretty good actually, like. It was, I'll say there was points, like, I don't want to give spoilers away because it is pretty new. Um, I know Christian hadn't seen it, but there's points where I was like, realistically, 
there's no way that you could stack up against Predator like that. But they, it, it, it works. It works, and it's a pretty good movie. It had really cool cinematography. Uh, shout out to Papa Ding. I actually watched it with him. Uh, some of you may remember him from some earlier episodes on the podcast. Me and him watched it. He's a big Predator fan. Um, and I enjoyed it. I actually did enjoy it. I enjoyed my watch through of it. It was pretty cool. And if you are into any of that or not, I would I would recommend checking it out. It's at least worth a watch for sure. Uh, it's on Hulu. I'm pretty sure it's exclusive on Hulu right now. And yes, which also I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna be completely honest. When I saw Prey and I saw exclusive of Hulu, I was like, oh no, this is probably gonna be Boo Boo Shoes. But. <laughs> pleasantly surprised and it's getting like 92% on Rotten Tomatoes so it's getting a good review and I'm seeing a lot of great feedback from it um, but it pretty much without going into too much like detail it's based in like um, like Native American times uh, like on the Great Plains I believe and uh, Predator shows up and is hunting and yeah so Native Americans versus Predator. Uh, and what it actually says is a skilled Comanche warrior protects her tribe from a highly evolved alien predator that hunts humans for sport, fighting against wilderness, dangerous uh, colonizers, and a mysterious creature to keep her people safe. But uh, it's pretty solid. Pretty solid movie. Let me, let, me, I let, me, let me speak on that real quick. Let me speak on that real quick. Mm-hmm. So I haven't like watched i haven't sat down and watched the film yet and that's because i I just don't have i don't have hulu and i know a lot of people right now are listening are like what do you mean you don't have hulu how come you don't just get a free trial here's the thing man i had hulu for like uh, a year two years i had it for free for a year when i got like my phone at the time um and hulu was fine I, i don't dislike hulu at all it's just that i really 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 hate the ads on hulu um, because you get so fucking many ads. There's more apps only, that are about to have that too. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But not only do you get a bunch of ads on Hulu, you also you also get uh, the same ads over and over and over again, right? And it just really bothers me, so I just haven't taken the time to, to re-up on Hulu, even though you can get it with ads. You, I, I think they have one that you can get without ads, but it's just like way more. Yeah. And like right now, like I'm planning – Wedding and stuff. I just don't have the the, the extra funds for it. But buying but, a predator costume. With that being said, on predator costume too. Yeah. But with that being said, I might just go ahead and break down and get it because uh, I'm a huge predator fan. I love predator. I think that the predator in general is the best creature design of all time. Like for for film, that is. I mean, there's. I want to know what you think I, about. Have you seen what he looks like in this? I've seen what the predator looks like in this. What do you think um, about it? And I think so. So I'm, I'm going to go through that actually. That, that's why I wanted to jump in this because normally I, I was just going to let you talk about it and kind of you know go my own way. But I got to talk about this. So I I love the 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 original jungle predator. I think that is one of the coolest designs ever for a character. I, I love it. The creature design for that is sick. Stan Winston killed it. I love it. Um, with that being said, the the city predator for Predator 2, I still really enjoy that. It's a little different. You see him more uh, throughout the film because, you know, you know they got to do everything bigger and better, but it, it's, it's still good. It's just not the same necessarily. And then after that movie, then you get the Predators from uh, from like Alien versus Predator, and those things are like tanks. They're, they're just beefy fucking Predators. 
competitors. They're around the same height and stuff. They're just real, real beefy. And that was around the time where everything needed to be really big, really tall, really muscular. And they were doing it for practically everything at the time. You know, Michael Myers was huge. Jason was huge. Uh, uh, Leatherface was huge. Like that's, that was just a thing that they were doing. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how it was. But, um, so, so I mean, they're they're fine, but I like those predators because I love the the masked version of the predator when he has his his helmet on. I love that look. Uh, he looks really dope without it too. But with that being said, then you get all these CGI predators, and then we get this really really shitty predator requiem, which we don't even need to talk about because that movie is absolute boo boo shoes, and you can't even see most of the movie to begin with because it's so fucking dark. You could literally put up a black screen on your TV or computer or phone, and that's the movie. Like it's it's probably a better time, to be honest. Um, then you get like the Predator later. You get Predators with Adrian Brody, and the Predators in that film were pretty cool looking. You get the one Predator that's kind of too big, whatever, but they look cool. I like it. Then you get Predator, the Predator, and the Predator came out, and that movie was a big stinky pile of of dog shit, bro. Like that movie, I was so pissed. I remember I was in Atlanta with with my homie Will. If you ever listen to this, we were hanging out. We went to go see that movie. We went to go see it, and it was trash. That movie sucked. We were so pissed when we went to go. So we couldn't believe that we spent our money going to see that movie when we could have just easily eaten something better than you know a burrito from Taco Bell. But whatever. So that's the story on that. Then you get to this Predator movie, and I love the design on it, man. It's it's they go back to what I like. You don't have a lot of stuff. This Predator is in like the 1700s. So, um, actually, I think it's before that. No, to be honest, I, he has, I know the flintlock. I know the I know the flintlock pistol comes back. I have I didn't see this, but I know that it comes back into the story, which is from Predator Two. Uh, they gave it to Danny Glover's character after he kills the city predator. Um, so that's that was really cool, and that was the first time we saw the the xenomorph skull as well. Anyway, with all that said, I love the design of this new predator. I love how they took things away from him. I love how gritty it is. I love how he he looks a little thinner than the original predator, but that makes way more sense because civilization isn't nearly as evolved as it is when we see the very first predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it makes way more sense, and and I just love it, man. I I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to actually sit down and watch this film. Um, and obviously the reviews just make me want to see it more. So I'm going to have to break down and spend my lunch money and, and watch it. But I'm, I'm excited and I can't wait. Yeah. So uh, that, that's what I think about it. Nice. I can't wait till you watch it so we can uh, I can hear more your thoughts. and We can kind of go into it. Absolutely. Uh, man. I can't I can't wait. I'm excited. But with that being said. We're going to go to our first segment. I believe Christian has some news for us. Christian news coming your way. <laughs> I do. I do have some news. So uh, as you guys know already, I'm a huge fan of DC uh, and, and I love what they do most of the time. Uh, movies notwithstanding, though, because they do a lot of really weird stuff with those films. With that being said, though. I did want to go ahead and use this time to bring up the fact that I learned more. Well, we have learned more information since the last episode you guys listened to. And uh, Ezra Miller, we, we got to talk about Ezra Miller real quick. So with Ezra Miller, we do know that he, um, we do, we do know that, that they're thinking about just straight up scrapping the flash. And I honestly didn't think that that was, it was going to come to that because they kind of need this film to, to come out and do as well as it can so that they can start 
so that they could start, you know, redoing a lot of stuff in the DC universe and kind of make it make sense. The cinematic universe, I mean. So I was looking at that, and, and they they had that come out, and they definitely said that. They also let us know that, with that said, that they are seriously thinking about scrapping it. They're also thinking about letting as or Ezra like let them go to uh, some kind of rehab, let them get some help, let them get some help. And after that happens, they're thinking about letting them do a big interview where they kind of spill the beans and, and let us, the the fans, know. What was really going on? You know, like how messed up they really are and, and, and what they're dealing with and why they've been doing what they've been doing. And I think that that's a really bad idea, to be honest. Like with all the the controversy going around this person, I think the best thing to do is kind of what they've been doing, which is to say nothing if they want the movie to come out. But if they don't mind the movie being scrapped because they could just write it off for taxes we've learned that's why they canceled bad girl which finally came out saw the light of day they canceled the movie because it wasn't the direction they wanted it to be with the with you know zasloff the guy who's running the dc universe right now he he, he kind of just wasn't feeling it and he wrote it off as tax like they scrapped the film will never it'll never see the light of day and they get a tax break on that so now we know taxes is what killed bad girl that's crazy but they're thinking about doing the same thing with this Ezra Miller movie because like it seems like every other day we're getting new news that they've done something that's ridiculous or that they're they're they're, they're showing up at the airport with guns and a bulletproof vest and 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 they're grooming children they're kidnapping people like so much shit is happening with this person so i want to see the flash movie because the flash is one of my favorite characters and the Flash has never really had a movie, as far as I'm concerned. So, like, it, this would be great. And plus, Flashpoint is the easiest way for DC to rewrite everything. You know, you, you either do Flashpoint or you do a crisis film, and then you can just rewrite the entire universe, start over, clean slate. Um, and, and that way, it doesn't confuse a bunch of people. But whatever. So, there's that news. It's kind of crazy. It's always crazy when we're talking about Ezra Miller, though. So it's weird. But um, with that said. Uh, for the people who love FNAF, uh, they are working on that movie. And if you don't know what FNAF means, that is uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. So if you are at all interested in Five Nights at Freddy's, then that's just to let you know. Uh, they, they're working on that movie down at, um, I can't think of right now, the people doing it. It's uh, the same people that are doing like Halloween and all that right now. Blumhouse. They're totally doing it. Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Thank you. Blumhouse is doing it, and they're like I said, they're coming up with stuff right now. They are trying to get that taken care of, put it together. Um, they're they're Jim Henson's team is making the the uh, animatronics for that right now, so that's going to be crazy to see. Um, and then they showed off a teaser. Uh, Jason Blum actually showed off a teaser for that, and you can see. Um, you can see little images for that where they're they're working on the actual animatronic for Freddy Fazbear. So that looks cool. So like I said, if you're into that, if you if you like Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, they're totally working on that movie. They're gonna make it. They're working on the animatronics right now. I'm excited to see what it looks like when they're done. Um, with that being said, there's other news. We could be getting another Friday the Thirteenth movie. Like finally, like that finally got settled in court. Uh, the rights go to who it goes to. And uh, we heard from a producer just a couple of days ago uh, prior to this recording that we should be hearing some Friday the 13th news 
for potential films coming up by the end of the year. So, I mean, I'm excited because, I mean, Jason's not my favorite slasher of all time, but I still like him and I want to see them do something new with him. I mean, now is prime time for them to do more Jason's stuff. Uh, and can you imagine if we get another Friday the 13th movie coming out, you know, in the, in the summer or two? That'd be great. And then also it would be cool to see uh, Jason in other places. Like everybody always talks about seeing Jason in the snow. Like I definitely want to see that them making that story make sense. The imagery of that would be beautiful. So I'm just like really excited for that. So Jason fans, uh, we finally get our, our time due. Hopefully uh, we should be hearing that news by the end of the year. Um, other than that, we know that we're getting She-Hulk starting next week as of the time of this recording. Uh, how do I feel about it? I mean, I feel like, eh, that's how I feel. Like I'll watch it, but I'm not like looking forward to watching it. I'm just going to watch it because it's She-Hulk. I really love the character She-Hulk. I love the character of the Hulk. So obviously I want to watch that. But these are two characters that are definitely getting just more and more Disney-fied, uh, if you understand the meaning of that. Um, and I just want to see them do something good with the character. I, I'm just tired of what we've been getting, like Thor, Love and Thunder. I just don't want to see that treatment go to this character that I also love. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then other news uh, coming out soon, we, we've got the Dragon Ball superhero movie. If you're a big fan of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, like I am, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. I'm not as pumped for this as I was for uh, Dragon Ball Broly, of course, because that was just like a tour de force when it comes to Dragon Ball characters and action and storyline. And this one, I'm a huge, huge, huge Gohan fan. Gohan's been my favorite character since I got into the show, got into the series, got into the manga. And he's just, they've just been doing my guy dirty. So he finally gets a movie for him, Piccolo, who is his real dad, if you watch the show, because Piccolo's always down for Gohan. He's always there for Gohan, no matter what. Um, and Goku's not. But with that being said, I'm super excited for that. I can't wait to see Piccolo Orange. I can't wait to see this new form of Gohan that I just learned was called Gohan Beast. Uh, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I'm, I'm there anyway. You know, they, they got my money, so I'm, I'm going to see it. Um, we also know that HBO Max is supposed to be rolling into Discovery+. Plus. I don't know the full details of that and how that's going to work. I don't know if you have to then buy a subscription to Discovery Plus. I hope Discovery just merges into HBO and they keep HBO Max as is. Because it's more of a known I mean, app with more stuff. Why not them just come over there and take over that app? Well, the easiest way for me to describe that is like, let's say let's say you had a, a comic book, right? That, that, that you thought was cool and you really wanted people to see it. And in your comic book, you had a bunch of characters from another comic book that was pretty cool. Let's just call this comic... Uh, Friday, Saturday the 14th, right? So Saturday the 14th characters are rolling over into your comic because you bought the rights to Saturday the 14th. Would you want that comic to be called Saturday the 14th or whatever the name of your comic that you made that you spent your time on being called? Would you rather be called that or, or what you made? So that's kind of how I see it. I do agree with you. I wish they would just leave it alone, but they won't because they like money and they want their name plastered on everything. So I think it's going to be called Warner something. Why don't they just call um, it HBO that, Discovery and be done? I mean, because that's that's a lot of words, you know, and to make oh that a logo would probably be annoying. You know what I'm saying? They just like, need to think leave about it alone because like, there's all kinds of good stuff. You have DC and everything. Just add your stuff, get whatever you need out, and then be done with it. Because I guarantee there's more subscribers to HBO Max than there is Discovery. Yeah, but if all the people who like 
HBO Max, like myself and yourself, we all like that. And we know that we have to get Discovery to keep all the HBO Max stuff. Plus we get all the stuff for Discovery. Then we're going to do that. And that's going to boost their numbers. That's going to boost their sales. It's going to boost their stock. Don't be taking so, my HBO you know, shows. It's business. It's business. That's what they're going to do because it's business and money. All my HBO shows with my little like static screen, white noise, HBO going into the show thing. Don't ruin my stuff. Well, you know, HBO, like regular HBO is still a thing and still will be a thing. It's just HBO Max that's changing. Um, and I know that's difficult, but that's, you know, it's a conversation for another day. Uh, more news is that uh, Zaslav, who we were just talking about, he's going to stealth cancel a bunch more stuff. We'll, we'll see what all that is in the coming weeks. We also learned that he told us at their uh, at their screening thing that um, a lot of a lot of stuff is planned for them. They have a ten year plan and all of that, and they want to kind of copy the Marvel formula and build these characters out, build these movies out, and have stories that you know sync up with each other and all that. And then once we found that information out, we found out later on after that presentation that his teams, like all the people who've been working on these DC movies. They knew nothing about that. So either Zaslov, the guy who's running things, is just pulling shit out of his ass to make him see, make him seem like he knows what he's talking about. He's talking about getting his own Kevin Feige to run DC and all those movies that they have coming out, so everything's all congruent like Marvel is. Um, but is he is he just talking out of his ass, or is that really the plan? They just didn't tell other people because they plan on letting them go. I don't know, um, but we'll see. I just think that it's a little shady, and if you start your business off shady. It Probably doesn't get much better. So we will see. Um, and then aside from that, the last little bit of news I have is uh, Scream 6 uh, or Scream, ah, like whatever you want to call it. Scream, two explanation marks. Um, Sydney Prescott will not be in the movie. Um, Dev Campbell has come out and said multiple times now that she was not going to be in the movie because of pay differences. And also we learned that she says that if she were a man, they wouldn't be giving her this, this pay cut that she was going to have to take in order to be in the movie. And she thought that that was very sexist. And she's been in this movie in these movies for like what, 25 years now. So she's doing everything that she can to, to you know get her pay bump back up so that she can be in the movie because she does love the people who are directing the movie. She loves people, the writers. It's just the people behind the scenes that actually you know cut checks that aren't giving her what she deserves. And that's what we're seeing here. So she's not going to be in the movie. That is all but confirmed. So, uh, so yeah, man, if you're a Sydney fan, don't expect to see her in this next film. They'll probably mention her. We'll talk about her, you know what I'm saying? But we won't see her on screen. So just wanted to uh, report that. And that's all my news. All right. Well, I purposely didn't talk about one of the bigger things uh, watched this week because I wanted it to have its own segment. And at the time of recording this, Christian just peed all of my Cheerios and he informed me he's only watched three episodes. And this is a show that has been on my radar, but... I went in knowing very little, and I kind of wanted to keep it that way. I didn't want to really research it because the concept was pretty interesting. So I wanted to go in and just kind of learn as I go. So I am curious uh, how much of this stuff is accurate or how true they stay because shows tend to definitely deviate from the comic material. Um, I am also curious in possibly reading some of this because the show was actually, in my opinion... Christian may think different. I thought the show is pretty badass. Um, 
And the show I'm talking about is The Sandman. It just came out on Netflix. Time of recording this, I believe, last Friday, maybe. So it's been out almost a week, maybe. Right? I think it was last Friday. Or maybe week before. I don't know. Uh, but The Sandman. Um, and I'm going to butcher the author's name. Christian, what is it? Christian doesn't know. He has disappeared from us. He has disappeared from the face of the earth. Uh, Neil Gaiman? Maybe that's how you say it. I don't really know how to say his name, his last name, so I apologize. Uh, but he also did a show that I like called um, American Gods, and he did a book. Uh, Mrs. Sin actually started reading the book and said that the show was better uh, than the book. So that was actually a first. You don't really uh, have that happen too much. But Sandman, uh, quick rundown of it. So pretty much... Um, the little description says when the Sandman, a.k.a. Dream, a cosmic being who controls all dreams, is captured and held prisoner for more than a century, he must journey across different worlds and timelines to fix the chaos of his absence as called. So, like I said, going in absolutely blind to this, in the first, like, 15 minutes, you are introduced to, like, you're introduced to Dream, or the Sandman, um, and he is the king of dreams in the dreamscape. Like, everything Dream... He handles that's your nightmares, that's your your dreams, like your good dreams, all that stuff. He controls it all. He creates the creatures. He governs it all. He does all that stuff. Um, he is actually searching for an escaped nightmare at the beginning of the show, uh, in the waking world, which would be our world uh, when we're awake and you know going through reality and all that stuff. And he falls prey to Roderick Burgess, who is an occultist looking to summon and capture death. But instead, he captures Dream. Uh, he wants to capture death because his uh, son, which I guess would be his favorite son, based on how he acted, uh, passed away, and he's wanting death to pretty much bring it back. But he gets Dream instead, and he ha he prisons Dream in this um, circle that cannot be broken or Dream could escape, because in the circle, I guess he can't use his powers. He's also in like this glass sphere uh, that keeps him... Locked up. They take away Dream's uh, mask. They take away his ruby and his pouch, which has his sand, uh, to kind of strip him of his powers. And he's locked up essentially for a century there. Um, and the actor that caught him, Roderick Burgess, is actually um, the father of the Lannisters in Game of Thrones. So if you watch Game of Thrones, then there you go. But, so he's captured. He is there. Um... And he has demands like he wants to be immortal, all this stuff. And Dreams pretty much just doesn't talk and he's not going to do it because this mortals aren't going to do that. Like they don't need that kind of ability. So eventually Dream is able to finally escape. Um, when the other son is older, his partner actually breaks the circle and then Dream can go into a dream. So if you fall asleep near Dream, he can go in your dreams and then do as he pleases and he's able to escape that way. Um, getting them to break the spear and stuff like that. He escapes. Goes back to find his castle and everything is just destroyed. Uh, everything in his world is just run down because he's been gone for a century. So he starts his quest to get back his items. He goes first and he gets his sand. Um, after he gets his sand, he goes and gets his mask, which he has to go to hell to get. And there you meet Lucifer, which is played uh, by Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. Uh, that's... A spoiler who it is, but it's really cool. It's a really cool uh, depiction of hell. 
and how they have it designed. I liked it. It was uh, creepy. There was like bodies moving on the wall. Um, and I will say the show is definitely very, um, has like a supernatural horror feel to it, which is pretty cool. No, it's not do what? I said it does have that kind of horror uh, kind of element to it that you can feel throughout. It's a bit darker, but it's not. When I say darker, I don't mean like everything's filmed in the shadows. I just mean tone wise. It yeah. is a bit darker. It it's a darker like story in general. Just the whole story's dark. And I, I think that's one of the things that made me really kind of gravitate to it and get caught up in it. Also, Christian kind of fell out for me and come back. So maybe now he'll have an answer. Who is the author of this, Christian? Who is the author of Sandman? Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. Okay, I was close. I was close in my pronunciation of it. I think I called him Gaiman. So, sorry. Gaiman. There we go. Neil Gaiman. Uh, But he's who did American Gods, like I said. And uh, Sandman is one of the most popular comics or graphic novels of all time, is it not? That is that is true. They've actually been trying to make Sandman a movie and TV show for like over a decade. So and this is done by DC this, also. Yeah. Which I brings mean, me to yeah, another yeah, question after you. Why in the hell is this not on HBO? And why is why what is DC doing with this? How is this going through their fingers to Netflix? It's a lot of rights things going on. Like who who would pick this show up? Who would make this a show? Who would adapt it? It's kind of difficult because Sandman is, like I said, one of those one of those comics, one of those graphic novels that's so popular, that's so in the zeitgeist for for comic book fans. A lot of people don't want to touch it and ruin it, and then be responsible for that. And then, like I said, it's a lot of rights issues as well. How old is this comic? It came out in the eighties. It started in the eighties. Yeah, started started in the eighties and then moved its way up because I mean, it, obviously, it didn't all come out at one time, so it took a long time for it to come out. And then you have at the end of the story, you have Sandman Overture, which came out just a couple of years ago, a few years ago, um, because the Sandman character lives on. Like so much going on in this story, it is a huge, huge story. And what this season of the show covers is it's like the first two volumes of of the actual comic itself and there's like 10 volumes of this story so you could you could really do a lot with this i really like the guy that they cast as dream yes uh, his deep voice names. makes it for me i think it's the fact yeah. that he has like this real deep broody voice i yeah. like it he, he definitely does uh and, and when i was i was saying about rights earlier like this was this came out under the vertigo imprint at first which you know became dc later on um and uh i think what happened was them shooting it on netflix gave them more freedom to do what they actually wanted and i believe neil gaiman was heavily into integral into them like filming this and creating it so that netflix was just the best way for them to have the freedom to do what they needed to do and I got to say, like, I know that you, Sin, haven't read the Sandman comics, but I have. And what I can say is minus some minus some things like, you know, them gender bending a character or race bending a character. This is one of the most faithful adaptations I've ever seen. So that's good. Material. If it has a huge yes. following and they're staying true to the novel, that's a good thing, correct? It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Uh, what I can say, I haven't watched the entirety of the series of the the season, the series in its in its entirety. I haven't watched all of it, but what I've seen, every single episode that I've seen is fire. Like every single episode that I've seen is fire. It's so good. The acting's on point. What they need to do is on point. Um, the I like CGI. Their cast I mean, a lot. 
Yeah, they have a, it has a great cast, but I'll, and I'll get into that in a second. But with that being said, like they do what they need to do to make this show what it needs to be, especially if you're a fan of the comic. Now, this show before it even came out, even now, it has a lot of controversy because, like I said earlier, they race bent some characters, they gender bent some characters, and that kind of just happens now in in life. Like a lot of a lot of movies, TV shows, books, they will they will gender bend, race bend characters just to make things more interesting. Sometimes they do it for shock value. Sometimes they do it because uh, a different gender, a different race is just a better better pick for who what actors you know signed, showed up. Right? Sometimes you just have a better actress that's black instead of white, or, or white instead of black. Like whatever happens, that's just how it goes. And I'm a firm believer in that. But also, I do know that when this was announced, when they announced the cast, the biggest hang-up for this was Death. Death is a fucking icon in the comic. She's not the main character, but every single issue that she's in, she steals the entire issue. Everybody loves her. Death is fascinating Um, in this. Like, the episodes with Death, I was very interested in. Like, I was really engrossed. And me and the missus talked about it yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, death, and death is just one of Dream's siblings, right? Because they all make up what they make up. And I'm sure that you were just saying it while I was... Well, uh, I, I pretty much was starting from, like, the beginning. Uh, kind of like the whole... Literally, it's probably, like, what, the first 15 minutes, how Dream's in the waking world, and he's looking for Escape Nightmare. I didn't even talk about who that nightmare is yet. But he's looking for them, and he gets oh, yeah. caught by um, Lannister, which is Roderick Burr's, uh Burgess in this one and they're trying to get death but they get dream instead and then he's got him there for like a century and he wants immortality and uh he wants immortality and something else but really he wanted death to i guess bring back the loss of his son his favorite child yeah his 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 deceased son which is crazy and he he got he got morpheus instead morpheus has so many names by the way like um, Morpheus is Dream one, or Sandman. Like they're all, it's all the same person. It's just different aliases, yeah, I guess you will. It's different aliases because different people that Dream, you know, see him as different things. When you see Dream, you see him as what you would most likely identify him as. That's like a part of his power. Um, and he has so many aliases. There, there's Sandman. There's M- Murphy. There's the Shaper. The Shaper of Form. Uh, Lord of the Dreaming, the Dream King, the Dream Sneak, the Dream Cat, which is heavily uh, depicted in the comic, um, the Dream Weaver, uh, the Nightmare King, I think is one of them, the Shaper of Dreams, the Sultan of Sleep. Like he has a billion names. Uh, his main alias, however, is Morpheus. Um, and I think his his siblings, which are the other uh, endless, they just call him Dream most of the time. And the siblings um, are, if I can do them by memory, you have Dream, uh, Death, Desire, Despair, and Destiny. Wait, there's six you're, in there. You're, you're, no, so you have you have Destiny, yes, Death, Destruction, Desire, Despair, Delirium. And then you have dream. Okay, so there's eight. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know if destruction's mentioned in the show. I don't remember destruction because uh, desire and despair are twins. That's correct. They call them twin. The twins. Um, mm-hmm. But you brought up death, so I want to quickly touch on death. So death, from what you have told me, was a very very pasty white male in the comics. Correct. 
Yeah, yeah. So like in the comics, all of the the endless are depicted typically as like really, 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 really pale human human. Which is what beings, Dream looks right? like in the show. Dream is very thin, pasty. Yeah. Looks he looks goth like a looking looks person. Like a, Exactly. It looks like a super goth vampire. He looks like the lead he singer. Actually, the actor, um, like that look, he can make a killer vampire. Like we mentioned that. He actually looks like a vampire. Like I could I could see it. And that yeah. voice, I could see him being like a, a decent vampire. Yeah, man. Like he he looks in the comics he was made to look like the lead singer of the the band The Cure. Um and when I started reading the comic, I wasn't into the cure yet. So I didn't know who that was. But I did think that he looked like a cooler uh <laughs> he looked like a cooler Tim Burton with that crazy hair and shit. Yeah. So he just he just looked like a real cool vampire version of Tim Burton. But now I know that he he's meant to look like uh the lead singer of the cure. So that's they all have that kind of like really, really pasty, like bone white skin tone to them. Like if you were to look them up, their hair is black, their skin is white, and then uh I know in the comics, Dreams, his eyes are straight up black. So he looks really menacing and, and really skinny and, and stuff. Like he looks super unassuming, like he does in this too. Like the actor they got super thin, right? Super thin, super pasty, broody. Looks like I said, looks like a like a neo-goth vampire, right? So it's yeah. really cool to see that not neo-goth, but goth vampire. Right. So it's really cool to see that that they kept that. But with with death because death is so popular in the comics she's like the most popular character out of the entire series when they showed that her actress was going to be depicted as you know by a black woman people like went fucking crazy as they do because people are fucking crazy um even myself i was like that's an interesting choice because in the comics she's like bone white but i don't hate this it's just that i'm so used to seeing death as this like goth icon right like death in the comics is legitimately the reason why i think goth women are like so attractive but that's because that's what i grew up reading so i was like this is awesome but anyway with that death said, was a, a male um, in the comic too right or was death a female no death, death has has always in the comic been depicted as female but okay. like i said all of the endless when they appear to to people in the waking world, like us humans, they look like what we would accept them to look like. So Morpheus tends to look like, you know, like I said, a really rail thin, bone white kind of dude with crazy hair. Death is a goth girl. And in different time periods, she just she's just a goth version of whatever it is. So if you're in like Victorian England, she just looks like a Victorian England goth girl. Like they actually really do that with, with uh, Dream. As he goes, they show like, um, I don't want to go too much into it. Cause like, I don't want to go brewing for you or, or any, I want to, I want to talk well, about it, but I don't want to ruin too much stuff. I know you know what's going to happen, but for those that don't figure once you kind of go into more, we can go more into detail and kind of give the show a little time to breathe before we spoil it for everybody. But, um, essentially there is a, I'm going to call it an experiment that dream has, uh, mm -hmm. where he has a mortal that death chooses not to take and they essentially become immortal and you see throughout the centuries they meet every century you see dream literally appear for that like how he looks that century how he should look like you said like victorian or colonial like every time his appearance is changing 
to fit that surrounding to kind of blend in. He's not always the same, you know, crazy haired, whatever. So it's kind of cool that they do that, like over the time. So he kind of does that, like you said, Death does. There is one thing that I wanted to talk about real quick, and I'm sure you want to talk about it as well. And, you know, sorry to fast track it, but I got to talk about the Corinthian real quick. I'm waiting on him. We got to talk about death. Okay. Hold on. So I, death, I had a, I had like a couple feelings about death. First off, I was surprised that was death and I will have to give my wife credit. Usually she doesn't do as well guessing. Like we like these kind of shows and stuff where, um, kind of like American gods where stuff walks among you and you don't necessarily know what it is right away. Like maybe what deity they represent or anything or anything. So when different things would appear, she's like, is that such and such? And she was actually batting, I think she hit close to a thousand. Like literally this, she was nailing everybody. She was like, I bet that's desire. I bet that's this one. I'm like, and then they would say it. I'm like, damn, I thought death would be more like I was expecting a bigger reveal or something bigger for death. Cause we see death after we see Lucifer and Lucifer was pretty cool. I actually liked Lucifer a lot. Um, and how they had that whole hell set up. Uh, so I was like, that's death. But death was a very different take that I've never really thought about. And I like how they cast death. I know it's probably the unpopular opinion. But death showed a beauty to death that I don't think you normally think about. Because death is it, you know, it's a very sad thing. And so during her time in the episode, or in that main episode where you kind of get to know death better you're uh morbius or morpheus is walking around with her and she's essentially of course she knows like everybody kind of like him like they're they're gods so they know but she would go to people and then they would realize who they she is and they would like plead and then she would take them but it was very peaceful and like caring it was very i don't know it was really beautiful like kind of how they would go even in like bad deaths like um a junkie overdosing it had like this tranquility to it. And it was like, I don't know. I really loved how that was depicted like and done. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And you watch Dream just kind of question, like, how can you do this every day? And then she's just like, it's my job. But it doesn't phase her. And she just keeps them calm and then takes them to, you know, the afterlife. And I really, really liked that. And I really enjoyed death. And I, I would like, I hope there's more with her in the future. I know there is cause I think she's pretty close with dream. Actually. I think they're fairly close siblings from what I caught from the show. Right. Yes, that's correct. But it, I, I can't wait for you to see that. Cause I'm curious what you think. It is really, it's a really cool episode and it's really, cause like there's so many different ways, like different people, like from an older person passing away, just how, their conversations go when she's talking to them. And then you would see like, I guess essentially their spirit with her and they would kind of look at, you know, they would see their body and she kind of comforts them. And then dream would see kind of like the aftermath around it. And then they would kind of just walk off and it's just very peaceful and very, I don't know. I I really did enjoy it. And it's to me, it was a little different take on how death is. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, you're coming with me. Like you would see from like the Grim Reaper or something like that. It was very peaceful and, and calming. Uh, so I really like that. But I've been waiting to talk about the Corinthian. I have some questions about him. Uh, mm-hmm. 
little backstory on Corinthian. Corinthian is one of Dream's creations. He creates dreams and nightmares. So you have the best of both worlds. Corinthian is was supposed to be his masterpiece, I believe. And the Corinthian is this guy with dark glasses. And when he takes his glasses off, his eyes are teeth and mouths. And they're crazy looking. Um, Corinthian is fascinating to me. Because I think, and this is my theory, and Christian can be like, you're totally wrong. I think Corinthian is the first serial killer. I feel like, because <laughs> they have a whole thing about a, a convention, which they name the serial convention, like serial, like breakfast cereal, not serial killer, like mm-hmm. spelled with an S. Um, and they all kind of really look up to the Corinthian and nobody really knows, you know, who he is or anything like that. I feel like he is the start of it because he's like they're prize guests that they want. Um, and that was really, really interesting to me. Uh, pretty much Corinthian just wants to be on his own. He doesn't want to be ruled by dream. He wants to just do his thing. He doesn't want to go back to uh, dreams realm, all that stuff. He wants to just stay in the waking world and just cause a ruckus. And I'm not going to go into what all it, that entails, but yeah. So, how am I close at all? Is he the first essential serial killer or killer? In the comics, he's not the first, no, but he definitely is uh, one in that universe that that people look up to because, I mean, he's kind of like the best, but that's because he was created to be a nightmare for, for us here in the, in the waking world. And when you think about serial killers and whatnot, he was a nightmare that Dream created for us so that that's why he's so amazing at what he does. Um, with that being said, um, no, as far as being the first, no, because Dream doesn't necessarily make uh, Dream doesn't make dreams and nightmares that are that that are supposed to interact with us here in the waking world. They're well, supposed I mean, but he's to been be in my my reason is he's been what they they try to say you don't look like you're a hundred and whatever years old. He was already free right. from Dream when the show starts. Dream is prisoned for like a century. So he's a hundred and something years old running around in the waking world without returning back to the... I can't remember what Dream's area is, his realm. It's called the Dreaming. The Dreaming, okay. He hasn't returned back. So he's been in... That's why I wondered if he's... Because he's before your Dahmers. He's before all them. So I wonder if he was who inspired it. That's kind of what I was getting at since he technically has been in the waking world a hundred plus years. Well, so when it, it's kind of, I don't want to like ruin the story any, but in the comics, so I mean, if you don't want to spoil it, skip ahead like 30 seconds. But in the comics, like Dream is going out to get uh, the Corinthian and essentially destroy him. And I think they show that in the first episode. Yes. Yeah. But, I already um, talked about that. That's how he gets captured. Yeah. So, so that, you know, he, he, he gets called by uh, your boy. And then has to, you know, he, he gets kidnapped and blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of what happens. And then they show another comic later on called Sandman Overture that shows why Morpheus was so weak when he got kip- kidnapped and couldn't get out of there. Um, but in this in this uh, show, they kind of explain that through the Corinthian. Because the Corinthian, I got to say, he's in the story 
in the show a lot more than he's supposed to be. And that's just because he's such a cool character. They just put him in the show more than he was in the comic. Like in the comic, he shows up, kills some people. He shows up again and and pretty much is like, fuck you, Morpheus. I don't want to go back. Uh, then he shows up again at the serial convention. And then after that, he kind of gets dealt with and then he's done. But in the show, they utilize his character a lot more than he was utilized in the comic. So... Um, For a bad that's a guy, good thing. he that's has some good. very satisfying moments. I will say that without spoiling anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, without watching it, I can tell that's that's what they're that's what they're going for for this character. And I'm super excited for that. I, I like that a lot. I'm really glad to see it. Um, and I really love that character, man. The Corinthian is a dope character. He's a cool nightmare. He he is a masterpiece uh, in a sense, but he's also like one of Dream's children who is lashing out. He's not supposed to be in the waking world, but he wants to do it anyway. He's not supposed to be actually killing people, but he wants to do it anyway because he wants to do what he wants to do. And he's going to do everything in his power to stay away from the, the, the dreaming as long as he can. Right. So that's what makes his character so interesting because a lot of the other characters that we meet, the dream has created, they can argue with them all they want to, but they're not going to leave the 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 dreaming in that sense and then when he was gone for so long and people thought that you know he left us he doesn't care about us and stuff like that like i'm sure that gets dealt with in the show in in a certain way but that's the thing man like the way that they uh, it's just a really well written comic man i can't i can't i I could go i could talk about this for hours and hours and hours i want to read it now like i actually want to find the stuff and start looking at it it's a I got to say, it's a fantastic read, but it's a long read, and there's a lot that goes on. There are whole issues that don't even have Dream in it, right, because they talk about other characters. And there's a lot of characters we haven't talked about. Like, we're hitting hot points. I mean, we're missing, like, Cain and Abel are in this. Um, uh, Yeah, and and their their gargoyles and stuff. Yeah, Gregory. There's a lot of stuff in this that we aren't talking about and we can save it for maybe next week's episode where hopefully Christian's seen it all. So he can definitely give like an in-depth review and we can go more in like in detail. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just realized something looking at the cast. I didn't realize Mark Hamill was in this. Yeah. Mark Hamill is the voice of, uh, uh, I, shit. I can't think of his uh, name right now. He's like one of the coolest Merv- Mervin. Yeah, the Mervin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's the, he's is like a uh, pumpkin guy. I don't really know how to describe him. Yeah, he's like he looks like a his his head is a jack o' lantern. Yeah, it's great. He he's great I in the comics. Together. I failed. Um, we haven't talked about desire or despair. Um, you really don't. I mean, you see desire. Desire, I feel like is very conniving, and I don't really know. I don't really understand yeah. desire's end game at the moment. Other than I think Desire just wants to be Dream's undoing. So I don't know if Desire wants to take over Dream's stuff or what. But I feel like a lot of people have it out for Dream for some reason. Uh, Lucifer's one. Desire appears to be one. Desire and Despair. You kind of have to lump them together. They're twins. Like in the comic, Lucifer doesn't necessarily have it out for Dream, but definitely doesn't make Dream's life any easier. That's for sure. Lucifer was fascinating to me, too. Like I, I was talking about it before you come back in. The, the way they did Hell was really cool. And and the visuals in this show are really, really awesome. Like, the way they've done these worlds and these different areas and realms is really, really cool. Like, to me, I, I've really enjoyed the visuals of it. Um, 
Brianna Tarth, Gwendolyn Christie is Lucifer, and it's it works. It really does work. Like she's she's really. I mean, she's already naturally like pretty tall. I really don't know how tall she is, but she definitely kind of towers over Dream. She's six three in real life. Wow. Uh, but she towers over Dream, and she just has this presence, this commanding presence, and I like it. I really do like it. I, I can't wait to see more. They kind of definitely set up stuff at the end to continue. And like Christian said, there's a ton of content. that I Just without me knowing anything, kind of how the story plays out, I was like, wow, they really can do all kinds of stories based off of Dream and like different things that happen. Like they, There's literally so many pieces that can make more and more content. So I'm, I'm stoked. I'm super stoked for it. I can't wait for you to watch it all. I can't wait to watch it all. I'm I'm excited. You made me you made me least. sad when you told me you hadn't seen it all. I was very much looking forward to this. But at least it follows a comic, so it's not really spoiling anything. Uh, quickly, what do you think? I know you haven't seen Death's episode yet, so I'm sure you'll have more notes after you've seen it. At least I don't. No, I don't think you've made it to three. I don't think she's in episode three yet. Or have you seen Death? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, what do you think about the casting? What's your opinion on it? Because I know you said it was a, a hot take. People were not happy. Um, honestly, man. So, thinking of so before I saw it, before I saw any of this, it was to say it's very, very casting. But seeing these characters come to life with what the actors have done and the things that they chosen to do when they're actually acting as that character. The casting's dope. I don't have any problems with it. Like I said, it was a little jarring at first because it's not what I was used to seeing, but it's fantastic. Yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I think who they chose is great. I think what they chose to do was great, and I love it. I think that they they whoever was behind the casting of this, which I didn't look up, they knew what they were doing, and they didn't take any shit from any of the fans, and, I, and that's a good thing. Um couple characters we didn't talk about that hopefully we'll talk about uh, next episode. Uh, Matthew the Raven, which is kind of, he's not really, there's not a lot of comic relief. I guess you can kind of take him a little bit of comedy, but there's really not a lot of comedy in this. It's more of a darker, straightforward story. Like, not as many, like, ha-ha, you know. Not like Marvel would do where you have to throw in your, your humor. Um, Matthew the Raven is pretty cool. We haven't really talked about him much. Um, you have Joanna Constantine, which is Constantine, and I'm assuming is an ascendant of Joe or John. Jesus, John Constantine. Oh my God, I butchered that. Joe Constantine. Um, you did. You did. I did. I don't really know a lot about her, so I can't wait to talk more about that with you whenever you see it, because they kind of give I a mean, little bit. On that, yeah, with that character, they essentially had to do that because they don't have the rights to use uh, all the DC characters like Constantine, Etrick, and the Demon supposed to be in the show as well. Batman makes a quick cameo in the comics, but Batman's they just don't have Sandman? the rights for those. Yeah, for really quick, he's in it real quick. Huh? It's like a couple pages. He's in it, like blinking, you miss it, kind of thing. Like there's a there's a couple there's quite a few DC characters that are in Sandman because, like I said, it was under the Vertigo imprint which is just like the darker version of uh, of DC. And you see characters like Constantine, like Justice League Dark, Etrigan, you know, stuff like that. You, you saw a lot of those characters in there. But so is that why they call her Constantine? Because of they couldn't call her Constantine for the stuff? 
I mean, yeah, it, it's just all, like I said, all for rights, so they didn't have to go through these, you know, super crazy legal battles that would delay the show even further. Gotcha. Okay. Um, we didn't talk about Lucian, which I believe they've changed what Lucian uh, Lucian is a African American lady in the show, where I believe you said it's a man. Yeah, definitely a white dude in the comic. Lucian's cool though. Lucian's a pretty cool character. But I'm trying to like hold off and like not go. I know we talked about pretty much like my story that I was telling, like kind of going into it was literally within the first 30, 40 minutes of episode one. So if any of that sounded interesting or anything we've said, we've kind of talked about bits and pieces throughout the show, but we haven't got into like, especially like the main plot points. Uh, We haven't talked about Rose or anything else. And I'm purposely kind of avoiding that, even though it's not going to spoil anything for Christian. I want him to see the show. So he has both the comic and the show as source material to, you know, kind of throw it all together and give us his thoughts. Uh, So I guess we'll kind of conclude our first discussion on Sandman. If, unless you have anything else you'd like to talk about. No, that's, that's, that's it, dude. It's man. I can't take, I was very fascinated with it. Like, I think it's because of the dark darkness of it. Um, I will say this. I really like dream is essentially he's emotionless a lot to me. Yeah. Like when he talks, but there's times where you can kind of see like tears in his eyes a little bit, like something's getting to him. And there's very few times you see anger, but you do see, a, you do get like a couple senses of anger from him. But for the most part, he's very emotionless. And it, I don't know. The dude, the actor did fantastic with it, I thought. I really liked it. And I can't wait for you to see Death. I really, really like Death. Yeah, I can that, see how that favorite. character can be a scene stealer, especially in comic. Absolutely. Do you do you like that it's not your typical Grim Reaper kind of? I mean, yeah, that that's how I felt reading the comic. I mean, she is the Grim Reaper. She's right, not, yeah. you know. But it's not, I don't know, it was just a whole different take I felt like on it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a better take on the character for me personally because of what I like, what, I in, what I'm into, and what registers with me. Um, so yeah, whenever they can bring a character out that, that looks a little different or seems a little different but still has the same general uh, uh purpose like it's it's always a good thing to see because i mean death takes people to the other world in this but she's just really nice about it instead yeah, of being it's, you know really so you, it, she you used to death is being kind of commanding like your time's up come on like you know like not i don't know she's very compassionate and it's, it's really cool i thought i don't right. know but i can't wait to talk about it more next week um Super, I was super into it. I may actually rewatch it this week. That's how much I liked it. I may actually rewatch it so everything can be real fresh in my brain for next week's episode to talk about it with Christian and, uh, yeah, go in more, maybe more detailed on things because we barely scratched the surface of just this season and the content alone of this, apparently. Uh, before our next segment, I had a question pitched to me and we'll kind of make this a quick one because, uh, we're running. We're running low on time, but it's it should be a pretty quick question for Christian. I got asked recently that if I could name two Draculas, two actors that play Dracula, my top or give me two of my favorite or favorite like just my favorite Draculas 
You can give me one if you want. And then uh, two of like vampires. Your favorite kind of vampire. Favorite kind? Okay, so are you asking two of my favorite kinds of vampires and two of my fan castings? for, for, for Okay, like, for example, like, like for me, when they said, um, give me a vampire, I said Colin Farrell pops, pops into my head right away in Fright Night. A lot of people hate that movie. I like it, and I like him as a vampire mostly. For some reason, like his look, because he can be very charming and all that for people, but then Colin Farrell can look very sinister, and I love it, and I think he makes a great vampire. Uh, a favorite kind of vampire for me, my favorite fa- kind of vampire, period, is 30 Days a Night. I love that Predator-style, animalistic, just brutal vampire. Um, okay. Dracula, obviously for me, uh, Bela Lugosi is probably my favorite Dracula. I just, I love the Universal Monster so much. I love Bela Lugosi. Uh, for them, they threw out Gerard Butler in Dracula 2000. So use that as kind of a reference. <laughs> I know, right? That one threw me a curveball, and I was like, "Dang, damn!" All right. Uh, when I think Dracula, I immediately go to uh, to uh, uh, I immediately go to Bram Stoker's Dracula with like Keanu Reeves. Yes, and it was um, uh, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to think of it. Which they also has Anthony Hopkins is in there. Some no, he's not. Who am I thinking of? Is it all Gary Oldman? Yeah. He is in there, Gary Oldman. Or I'm sorry, uh, Anthony Hawkins is in there. He's uh, he's a uh, Helsing, Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I knew he was in there somewhere. Gary Oldman's Dracula. Okay, yeah, that one's up there for me. I do like that one. That's a classic. Yeah. So, so when I when you when I think of vampires like Dracula, that's who I go to immediately. In my if you head. had two Draculas, um, so you have Gary Oldman, then who would be your other? If you could take that one out, like fan cast or one that exists, one that exists. Fan cast. I said Colin Farrell, but I also have some. A rumor that I want to throw to you while we're on the vampire thing. Once you get done this, it'll be real quick. Um, another vampire that I think of when I'm thinking of vampires, especially like Dracula character. Uh, aside from Gary Oldman, I mean, I kind of think of. Uh, that's a good question. Like that's who I Christopher always Lee go comes to mind for me. Christopher, oh man, for the Hammer films, yeah, yeah, Christopher Lee, I, yeah, Christopher Lee definitely is up there. I don't want to just piggyback off of yours though. Um, no, piggyback. Really think. I mean, Christopher Lee definitely, I think of Christopher Lee for sure. Like, everybody thinks of Bella Lugosi, and I do as well, but, like, that's not the first one I go to. That's If I'm thinking I'm partial. If I'm thinking Universal or just a cape, like, if a Dracula that's going to rock a fucking cape, then sure. But, uh, man, dude, that's a good, that's a fucking good question, man. Like, No Drake uh, from Blade Trinity? No, no, uh, no, no. Poor Drake. I can't, I can't. I'll tell you what, though. Even though the movie wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, I do still think of Luke Evans because when that when Dracula Untold came out, the trailer he was has a sick. good look I, for Dracula. He had a good look, and I really liked how he sounded. Like his voice and stuff was good for that. I just think that they needed to punch the script up, and they left it. I think if they weren't trying to make that movie a a, a, a series, then it would have been way better. They should have just focused hardcore on making that i really liked how he had to go and get his armor because i love dracula with the red armor the dragon stuff i love that he was impaling folks i love that he was a warrior i love that he was brutal him having a family and trying to be like a family man and all cool and stuff like not necessarily the the route i would have gone like when i think of that i just think of gary oldman yeah but gary oldman's dracula was a fucking beast you know what i mean he just that's a good one i I like that one gary oldman all right Um, now vampire though 
like say you can do like like for example i used colin farrell and then i just did 30 days a night like i just kind of lumped all them together which i technically i could break it down to um i can't think of that damn guy's name um the main vampire that ends up fighting uh josh hartnett at the end i can't think of the dude's name i could technically have said him but i just lumped them all together because i i really love that style of vampire yeah. If you um, say Robert Pattinson in Twilight, Christian, I'm kicking you out of this. You're, you're yeah, so, I mean, I think that Edward Cullen's just the... No, I'm kidding. Um, fan cast vampire, dude. Like, So, first of all, the vampires I really like. I love brutal vampires, too, like you do. But I grew up watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so I love vampires that... Uh, who's that the main change? vampire in that the, the movie? I want to rewatch that, actually. Yeah. I grew up watching that movie and the series, like the series... Who's the main vampire? Days. In the movie, in the movie, I don't remember. Um, oh. In the show, there's not like a main vampire because they're vampires throughout. Um, but I love vampires that like change their face, like when they have like a mini little transformation. You know what I mean? I love that uh, that kind of look when the prosthetic comes up on their face, and and I, I just love that. It takes me back to the '90s, early 2000s, and I miss uh, vampires that that were beautiful human looking people, but also look like demons. I love that type of thing. That's my favorite. Um, and as far as like who I would cast, dude, uh, off the top of my head, uh, Dacre Mac- Montgomery, 100%. Wow. Really? Billy? Dacre Montgomery. You would- yeah, Billy. I would cast him. Wow. Look, look, he's he is a gorgeous man. Like, why would you not Do you not like Colin Farrell as a Dracula? I think I like Colin Farrell a lot, but I'm thinking right now, today, who I would cast. It wouldn't so you would have Farrell a younger Dracula. Dracula. Yeah, I mean, like, if... It, I mean, you can age Dacre up a little bit. Like, I think that's the point, though, right? I would want a Dracula that I could have in a few movies. So, okay. if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have a Dracula that I can have in a few movies, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast Dacre Montgomery. Okay, that's a very interesting take. So, while older, we're on, if I Dra- wanted an older Dracula, I would cast Mads, Mikkel- Mads Mikkelsen. Who? Mads Mikkelsen. I would ca- I would I would he's the guy who have you seen uh the 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 James Bond films like the newer ones like a uh, Casino Royale? No, I'm looking at him now. Danish actor? Yeah, Mads, he was in Doctor Strange, the first one. He's the main bad guy oh. in that. I would uh, I would cast him. Uh, I mean I guess I can he was also in Hannibal. He was yeah, yeah, that's like his most famous role, duh, Christian. But yeah, he was totally in that. Uh, but if I wanted an older Dracula, I would, I would, it would either be him or Christoph Waltz. It would be one of them. And if I wanted a younger Dracula, which I do, it would be Dacre Montgomery. Wow. Okay. So I have this news that I was told. I don't know how true it is. It's a rumor. Well, it's not news. It's more of a rumor. Have you heard who they're wanting to cast for uh, Tomb of Dracula? If they do it, I have not. I Anthony Starr. Uh, that would be dope too. I, I can totally see that. When I got I told see- that, I was like, Homelander. And I kind of sat there for a minute, and I was like, I mean, I think his hair is naturally dark, but darker hair, I can actually see him as a vampire. Like, I can see him being, he's so good at that evil, but that smile, I, I, I can see it, actually. I was like, I'm actually fascinated with that a little bit. I, I could see that 100%. I could see a couple of people being a really nice, like, Dracula, like, vampire characters. Him being one, I could totally see Christian Bale doing it. Um, I could totally see him Ooh. doing it, 100%. Uh, I think a good Renfield would be Andy Serkis. Ooh, um, okay. I think that... Damn, why don't they let us cast uh, a Dracula movie? We could literally... Real. That's what we should do. One episode, you know we should do Universal you know Monsters. Cast, 
recast. I wouldn't cast Christoph Waltz. I wouldn't cast Christoph Waltz as Dracula because Christoph Waltz would be a sick uh, uh, Van Helsing. Okay. You Episode imagine? Idea in the Future. We literally go through and we do like Wolfman, Frankenstein, stuff like that, and we do our dream casting. Yeah, I'm gonna write it down. That's gonna I'm writing it down. That would right be now. fantastic. All right, so let's wrap up that. That way we can uh, do. We could literally. I could sit here and talk Dracula and stuff all day. I I love talking horror and that so much. Um, that's why we saved Sandman and that to the end because I knew that would excite us. It would get our blood flowing. But it is time for pass the whiskey. The last call question of the of the of the stream of the podcast. Yeah. You know what we're doing. So get your whiskey. All right. This one is particularly for Christian. This is going to be a great question. Oh, my God. On the inside is back yet again. Or you can call them milky pancakes if you want. (laughs) And we're not going to go into why. But yeah, the one only I still call him on the inside. I think he's changed his name across the board pretty much. But I will forever probably know him as on the inside. But he comes back with yet another question. He said, Christian. Would you rather have a one-hour-long dinner with Mike from Stranger Things or Allison from the Umbrella Academy? You mean Alice? Allison. Who's Allison? Allison, Umbrella Academy. Is that not number whatever? Oh, oh, umbrella. I thought you said Umbrella. Like, I'm thinking Resident Evil. No, Umbrella Umbrella Academy. Okay, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I was like, "What do you mean, Alice?" I I didn't mess up the character name. name I hate both of you so much. Um, That is a great question. Shit, dude. Um, You know what? (laughs) I'd rather have dinner with Allison. So you have to preference what Allison you're getting. If you get this last season, Allison, I don't know. She's a bitch. (laughs) There's no way around it. She really is. If it so if, if it's, it's season, season like Allison, two one and two, I mean she's probably she wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, but the, here's the thing: Mike is is meant to be a, a, a child, so I would I would feel weird yelling at a child at a dinner because no, you he would wouldn't. be so awkward. You know, I would, I would, I would feel weird just yelling at some kid like that, you know. But if I'm yelling at Allison, like we're the same race and everything, like I feel like I might not go to jail yelling at her, but I'll probably go to jail yelling at Mike. You know what I'm saying? And then also, like his girlfriend is eleven, and everybody Mike knows that's not a main character ends up dead. So I'll just you know I'm I'm gonna go with Allison because at least I don't have to worry about Vecna finding me and killing me if I'm talking to Allison. I just gotta worry about her telling me that she heard a rumor that I went away or hit myself. Oh, she's in the gonna face rumor you for sure. You're gonna yell at her and she's gonna rumor the hell out of you, and it's over. You're I'm screwed gonna, either way. I'm gonna call her. I'm gonna call her on it first. I'm gonna be like. You know what, Allison? I think I can take you, but only if you don't use your rumor power. Yeah, that's I'd rather not her just. You know, she's gonna use. I it. mean, yeah, you know, but I still, I think that that'd be the easy. As long as she didn't rumor me to kill myself, you know, maybe that'd be a little easier. Um, and then once you get away from her enough, maybe I could snap out of it. But I don't know, dude. But yeah, if I had to have a dinner with them, it'd be Allison. Even though I hate both of them, I think it'd just be it would go a little smoother for my conscience if it were Allison over Mike. Well, but thank yeah, you so much answer. on the inside for that question. Again, if you want to submit your question to us to read at the end of the podcast, we have a section just for it in Gilded, gilded.gg slash sinister pack in the application. Put I'm from the podcast. You can even put I have a last call question. Whatever you want. But you can also come in there, join. We have episode chat, topics, suggestions, drinks, last call questions. You can submit your sinister tales, personal horror stories, or stuff you found on the internet you would like us to go over for our sinister tale segment. 
or just chat with us and talk to us in Gilded. There's plenty of other uh, topics and sections. There's gaming stuff, all kinds of things. So come check it out. Join us and converse with us. You can also find Sippin' with Sin on socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Sippin' with Sin, S-I-P-P-I-N, with Sin. Follow us on there. Shoot us a message. Hit us up with that question or just show us some love on there and talk to us. We would uh, love to see it. If you have movie suggestions or a segment you would like us to rank or you want us to talk about, hit us up. We love feedback. Uh, you can find me personally. I am Sinister TV on everything. Pretty much Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. I stream on uh, Facebook gaming, uh, fb.gg slash I am Sinister TV. I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash I am Sinister TV. And I also stream on TikTok and make TikTok content. I am Sinister TV there as well. You can find the episodes every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Central Time. Every Wednesday, that's right. Wednesday, 8 a.m. Central Time. Every week, new episodes of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Overcast, Anchor.fm, and more. It drops every week. And you can check us out on YouTube, on my personal YouTube, youtube.com. I am Sinister. It drops 8 a.m. Central Time every Wednesday as well. Christian, where can the lovely folks find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Vin and Inc. That is V-E-N and Inc. All one word. I don't have anything else because contrary to probably belief, I don't like social media that much. All right. And this concludes yet another episode. Thank you for listening. If you listened this far, you're a real one. Be sure to rate it. Subscribe. Follow. Give us five stars. Review us. Tell us that we're awesome. Hopefully don't tell us that we suck. But if you do, I mean, that's your opinion and it happens. Give us something to work on. But we appreciate you all. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Christian, shut it down. Thank you all so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Sipping with Sin. Be sure to leave a five-star review, smash that like button, and leave your recommendations in the comment section below. But most importantly, don't get gutted. See you guys next week. So much for tuning in to another episode of Sipping with Sin. Please don't forget to leave a rating and submit your last call questions to our socials. That's at Sipping with Sin everywhere. And if you want to hit us up personally, you could find me at Vin and Ink. That is V E N and Ink, or I am Sinister TV for the Sinister Man himself. And guys, don't get gutted. <laughs>